Welcome to the Harrisburg Brethren of Christ Church podcast. My name is Ryan Cagno. The HBIC podcast brings you weekly episodes on the topic of discipleship, where we'll sit down with members of the HBIC family to hear their stories, hear about the different ways people at HBIC are pursuing discipleship, in other words, how they're learning to follow Jesus' example and obey his teachings in their daily lives in practical ways. This week, I'm sharing another conversation I had with Tony House, this time around the topics of grief, loss, and mental illness. Tony was gracious enough to share his experience of walking with his wife, Rosita, through her experience of mental illness, through um, his ultimately losing her, and how that shaped him and his story and, you know, threads of God's faithfulness uh, through that. There's a lot of power, I think, in just hearing a story like this, hearing an open heart. So, yeah, I am pleased to share this with you and hope it will be a comfort. Tony House, welcome back to the pod. Thank you, Pastor Ryan. Um, no easy way to jump into this one, so let's just get right into it. Um, wanted to talk with you today a little bit about walking with God through loss um, and, and trauma and uh, a little bit of your personal story on that and then how God saw you through that, how the church saw you through it. Um, hopefully as a way of kind of bringing maybe comfort and guidance to those in similar experiences. So um, yeah. just kick the ball over to you to share. Oh, certainly. Well, uh, thank you, I think. <laughs> you welcome. And, and I'm sure when you're talking about the personal tragedy, you know, you're referencing to, uh, you know, our losing Rosita mm-hmm. and the, the, the circumstances and the whole issue of uh, mental illness and, um, the tragic way in which uh, you know that uh, that that she did uh, pass. Yeah, would you be willing to share that story here? Yeah, uh, I, I guess it was around. Um, Rosita and I were married in uh, um, uh, 1984, and uh, you know we were blessed with uh, two children. Uh, pretty much the usual KJV straightway <laughs> with you know with with our kids and. You know, I was aware during the time when we were dating of uh, of, of things that appeared to be mental health-related uh, issues and, and things that later I was able to recognize as uh, legitimately um, uh, trauma-influence uh, 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 incidents uh, in her life, which then led later for me to discover even decades later that, hey, wait a minute, you know, you have not lived a life free of uh, trauma uh, also. And, uh, um, and and sorry, I'm heading down a whole uh, different, uh, different path way. But um, when we uh, moved to uh, Harrisburg in uh, um, the uh, uh, early 1990s, and uh, uh, you know we're living here. Uh, it was during that time where had some pretty uh, serious um, uh, depression issues uh, arose. But even during the course of uh, trying to describe that to a social worker, you know, we uh, uh, had her. Uh, Rosita was hospitalized in uh, 1990, um, and describing behaviors and things and just really feeling that uh, you know we weren't being listened to did you hear me say what about these other things and we just want to make sure even then that uh, uh, we were gonna uh, 
help her by obtaining a, a, an accurate uh, mental health diagnosis. And uh, then later, uh, finding out that she was actually prescribed a, a medication. There was a change in medication uh, that is known um, in uh, for individuals with uh, bipolar uh, illness, especially folks who are prone to um, mania, that this medication will in time trigger uh, mania. And that's what we experienced uh, in that uh, awful year of uh, 92 where I just watched this person that you know, I'd known and been married to at that point seven, eight years, and uh, with uh, the two kids just uh, to compensate first in, in kind of interesting ways, and then after a while it was uh, just uh, just uh, pretty terrible. Uh, the church was involved, and the similarities in uh, Rosita's story was uh, um, me being at work and getting a call from one of the pastors, uh, that uh, I needed to, that compelled me to go home and then addressing uh, the pastors in 92 and then in uh, 2011 uh, that um, and then uh, encountering uh, a quite manic uh, and uh, angry uh, spouse that had just turned you know, just like that and um, so at any rate um, just going through that and um, experiencing uh, the, the love um, and the grace of, uh, of Jesus uh, during those times in various ways and growing myself, not just in knowledge and understanding of mental illness. At the time uh, in 92, and I'm sorry for jumping back and forth like That's this, okay. uh, uh, I had uh, quit a job that was going to, uh, because Rosita was assuring me that uh, um, she had acquired work that would make up for the, um, it was, oh my, $12,000 salary uh, cut. But the thing was, I'd be in Harrisburg versus commuting to Boiling Springs where I was working and, uh, um, and uh, working at a job that had more quote unquote normal uh, hours and being uh, closer there. Well, it was the Friday before the Monday I was to start this job where we had the encounter at home with uh, one of the pastors from the church we were attending at that point, and you could just see that uh, uh, she was in pretty bad shape and just being able even just to, oh my word, this is, this is awful. What about, you know, our kids? What about this? And, uh, uh, and then things that I just never could have imagined. Uh, just happening during the the, the 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 course of that, which was adding to uh, it was they were traumatic things, and then it was trauma on top of trauma, both for her, for you know our children, you know, and myself uh, dealing with that and um, reaching a point. Oh, and of course during that time, you know, you always have well-intended people. That, and it got to the point that, and you have to kind of know me, there's kind of a smart aleck portion in me that uh, we've always used humor to uh, deal with and to cope with bad situations and sometimes bad people, <laughs> you know, uh, or unkind uh, uh, people. 
And uh, so I started keeping a list of things and then saying, you will never say this when a person is experiencing this. Or sometimes it's good just to show up and just sit and be quiet. Maybe most of the time. Yeah, yeah. What's the adage uh, attributed to Lincoln that uh, about um, uh, being quiet, being foolish or considered foolish, but keeping your mouth quiet versus opening your mouth and removing all doubt, yeah. <laughs> something like that. Mm-hmm. I just butchered that completely. But uh, still, um, it was uh, quite uh, a- an event. And then, of course, uh, one of the aspects for a lot of folks when they do experience mania and then as they start to level out, which you know we began to see, uh, is the sense of shame. Uh, Rosita was a uh, a very uh, sincere and dedicated believer in Jesus, and then to account for behaviors and things that had happened, uh, accusations and things like that that impacted uh, not just she and I, but also you know our our, our, our two children who during that time uh, were seven and six, and then of course during this ran the course of uh, the better part of a year. And this, the impact on communities. At one point, I know that uh, we were keeping count after a while, and there were uh, seven Pennsylvania counties and four states <laughs> that were involved in either trying to track her down or were impacted. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and this is both, both in 92, but even more so as we began um, – looking for her um she had returned back now this is going she was just having a manic episode and and yeah okay yeah this time it's now it's 2011 okay and we were at the verge where you know i my strategy was a little different and i remember we were awakening one morning and i was able to use some of the things that we'd learned now i am a mental health case manager and uh working in the mental health field and then uh, that was interesting, Pastor Ryan, in that, um, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to have to go in there and report. Now we're going back to 92 again of this starting work. So this with is 19 years that you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, with, you know, in between those years, uh, periods of pretty significant stability and recovery and. Uh, Rosita was a rather amazing uh, person, a very intelligent woman, very skilled and uh, talented, and uh, loved uh, serving the the community and uh, teaching people, whether it was gardening or music or uh, some of the work that that she did. Um, But at any rate, I remember this is going back now to 92 and just thinking, I have to tell these people this and they're not going to hire me. I'm going to be without a job. And, well, how can you really work? You know, you have to stabilize your family. And then running into some very understanding people at uh, Dolphin County's uh, case management unit. And, of course, my first eight intakes, I recall, were people with bipolar illness. Oh, goodness. So it was like getting a crash course and it was like, I didn't see it at the time, but then when you look back at it, oh, isn't God good? Mm-hmm. You know, what a way to really understand. And also to uh, have come across some folks that taught me that uh, in order to love uh, someone when they're in the throes of serious mental illness is to remember, you know, this is the illness that is impacting them. 
um, and not necessarily the person that, uh, um, that, that you've known. And a part of love is understanding that and extending that, uh, that sort of grace and, and, and love. And, uh, of course, the power of uh, prayer and just being able to, to, uh, to see some things. Uh, the aspects of uh, spiritual warfare, actually, that were involved, which seems, you know, a little strange. And I want to be careful not to even imply in any way that, uh, you know, the uh, mistaking mental illness for demonic activity and things like that. I, I do believe, though, that the enemy is not at all above being the evil person uh, that sure. uh, that he is in exploiting um, situations involving mental illness, not just with the individual with the illness, but also the people trying to uh, care for them and systems uh, as well. So all of these things were uh, very, very impactful. Um, and I guess the rest of that story involves uh, kind of shifting from 92 to what wound up being the last year of uh, her life, which uh, we just didn't uh, um, didn't foresee in, in any way at all. But uh, some of the things that the Lord did that um, required me appearing kind of foolish in the beginning, uh, folks saying that, well, based on her alley, you can't have anything to do with her when she wanted to reconcile. And... Um, uh, that uh, Father's Day, you know, kind of getting a note written by her. She had been actually robbed earlier of, uh, of funds. And uh, um, my daughter, you know, was, was home at the time and was involved. Well, Dad, I, I need to go. And, you know, it's heartbreaking that now your kids are. You wanted them to understand for their own safety as children. And so you would teach them based on their... Um, you know, their age level, maturity level, and things like that. But you just remember, you, you're talking about their mother and, yeah. and, and your wife. And were you and Rosita s separated at this point? or? Yeah, okay. we were. Uh, both times, um, she would uh, perceive that uh, not only were we separated, but her perception and what she was being told by the, by the illness was that um, I wanted her to leave or that I was throwing her out of the house and... Uh, both instances with, uh, um, you know, pastors and other folks being present, me saying, no, we don't want you, that we do want you to get help. And her just just smiling and saying, no, I've, I've and, you know, with her bags packed. And then, you know, she was just in the wind and uh, just uh, doing uh, just all sorts of things, you know, out in the, in the community. And, of course, doing it in a way that, you know, you were getting daily, you know, reports, and that does have an impact, you know, and especially when you're working in, in, in that, that realm uh, uh, kind of day and, and even night. And, and Sure. Yeah. So there was a, at some point in that last year, there were forays into reconciliation between the two of you, or at least attempts on her part. Yeah, when she returned, it was around uh, June. She had, uh, we'd actually, um, well, the Lord uh, facilitated. She had gone to Johns Hopkins and um, for these, um, and of course it's hard, it was always hard to know what was real, what was imagined, uh, physical health symptoms. 
and then Hopkins was able, fortunately, to see that there were behavioral health issues that were there, and uh, we were able to, to connect with them, and through a knowledge of the system, I was running into the old, well, we can't talk to you, we don't have permission to do this, and then remembering, ah, what I learned from a long time ago is there's nothing that stops you from listening, and this person, social worker, listening to me go on and giving her history for two hours and 20 minutes that mm. uh, I was on the phone, was able just to recite you know, that, uh, that information, was grateful for that. And uh, they were able to stabilize her, and then she came back to the community. You could gradually see that um, it was a different person, that she was leveling out. But then, of course, then you had to also keep an eye out on the depression. And uh, But she did uh, want to meet with me. I still have the voicemail message. Mm. Uh, I didn't think I did, but uh, they, uh, you know how things transfer from your phone to your computers? And one pint said, what is this? And then here it is, the last... Yeah. Uh, wound up being the last messages, you know, that I would get for, for her from June, my birthday, which was in August, September, and then finally a call from uh, the uh, partial program that she had not shown up, you know, that fateful Monday after I had seen her and kissed her goodbye, and she was asking, you know, what do you think about our reconciling and saying, well, we need to pray and think about this, we'll get good counsel, and we'll talk about it Wednesday. We get together for uh, dinner, and of course, you know, that never came. Then the next message is from the detective from Harrisburg Police, and, uh, you know, kind of walking through that, and I just remember just being so happy. Um, Pat Cicero from here at church actually kind of just took it upon himself to come alongside, and I'm thinking, oh, I'm fine, and realize, oh, no, 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 you really... <laughs> did need that help in negotiating things here at the church uh, and helping to um, help the church help us and then also with the uh, with the police and uh, going downtown and quickly finding out that uh, the interest wasn't so much in helping me find out what happened to my wife but um, uh, ruling me out as a suspect and being oh involved goodness. in that so again more uh, trauma, and then contacting, you know, the kids and putting them in a position of, you know, ask answering questions. Do you think, uh, you know, and they're, you know, like Dad, you know, we didn't know what. To, and it's like, what, what do you mean? I thought they were going to say we didn't know what to think. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness, dear Lord. Um, that seems just unimaginably difficult. Yeah, yeah. It uh, it really, really was, and. It was, um, you know, just a matter like uh, even upwards to, um, uh, well, even now, uh, just coming under the recognition that uh, these were things that, you know, from my own personal uh, childhood, you know, adulthood, marriage and things, certain tra traumatic things, um, which is my interest in making sure that trauma um, is part of all of our efforts at helping people and in examining those things because of just the devastating impact that it uh, that it has on individuals and families and uh, systems as a whole. But um, yeah, just realizing that uh, at one point and uh, a very good uh, uh, believing friend had just said, 
have you really have you had a chance really to deal with you know those things and to complete you know your not just your grieving process but uh, address uh, some of the other impacts and of course that led me thinking well, what about the kids and having conversations and realizing oh Lord you know so <laughs> yeah just definitely involving a, uh, a change of uh, focus anyhow so I'm what probably w- no no so what was what is that process for you? What does that look like in terms of continuing to unpack and, and learn to live with this trauma and this loss? Yeah, one of the things that was really helpful, and of course, you know, my explanations are always, they are never linear. <laughs> going to be hopping back and forth. I'm here with, for the ride. Tony. With a ton of stories in between. But being involved in um, uh, some uh, outpatient uh, therapy, and for a while... Um, I was actually involved in couples therapy. I'd remarried. And then uh, from there, um, being involved in seeing that therapist, you know, myself about, you know, certain issues. And then actually being referred to and actually by, I, um, in my work, I host a, uh, uh, an advisory committee that's made up largely of individuals in recovery from mental health issues and substance use issues. And uh, at one point, we were at a meeting, and one of them just said, hey, uh, we know you lost your wife, and we know, you know, that has an impact, and, you know, uh, you talked to us about, uh, and it was a type of therapy, uh, um, oh, goodness, it said EMDR, um, and don't ask me what the acronym means, but, uh, uh, and then also ways of taking care of yourself mental health wise which meant facing up the things and seeking the appropriate help and then I remember this lady at the far she says you need to practice what you preach so if it's good enough for us isn't it good enough for you very caring very direct and it just kind of hit me like a brick in the face and so uh, pursuing that and uh, being able to come up with uh, therapeutic ways of uh, actually just listing some of the different things and then developing strategies which were very effective in, in helping but it's not like it just goes away uh it's just strategies to help you that when things arise you know you do have uh, mechanisms to be able to to draw upon but the bottom line just being that uh um, um it was done in a way where i can keep you know, my faith and, and trust in, in Jesus. At one point, uh, Pastor Ryan, I remembered um, listening to a, uh, a message um, where the, the, the person was saying, asking and challenging, is, is Jesus your trusted counselor? Is he your safe refuge? Is he your supreme treasure? Is he your sovereign Lord? And just thinking, oh my goodness, Lord, I've been walking with you. I don't know that I could honestly say that there aren't other things that I put in that position that you rightfully deserve. And uh, so grow me in that area. I want to trust you. And that was also a key uh, component in, uh, yeah, in uh, doing things. So so first of all, just a remark, It's isn't it so funny that you can be trained in walking with other people through these types of things? And in so many ways, don't think to maybe you should apply these lessons to your own life or turn this critical eye on, you know, these different things. You know, these things could help you as well, Tony. You know, um, I, I, could, I, I think it's interesting that I think that uh, 
and I would always talk, talking with college students who wanted to get into the field and share with them my wounded warrior theory, that those of us that uh, get involved in helping professions are actually looking to help ourselves, and that sometimes we make the, the best and sometimes the worst people to do that, especially the worst, especially when we aren't addressing uh, healing you know, within ourselves. Mm -hmm. You can occupy yourself with helping others, and it can just kind of... Uh, uh, block yeah. off efforts. I think as a uh, pastor, I sort of understand that there's a there's a Not separation sure. that happens, uh, or like compartmentalization that it can be really subtle, and you don't even realize you're doing it. Um, uh, you know that kind of uh, you know a word to me at one point was just like, man, Ryan, if you just ha if you could have half the grace for yourself that you have for other people, or you know if other people were if the shoe was on the other foot. Um, if you were t counseling someone through this, what would you say to them? Okay, great. Like, why don't you say that to yourself? Yeah. <laughs> um, <but laughs> exactly. I never thought to do that. Um, but to the point of, you know, would you care to share one or two of the kind of real practical strategies that, that have helped you in your journey over the past? Yeah. W one of the things, and, and this is just a blessing that I, to this day, I just thank my family of origin, uh, humor. Uh, just uh, finding ways, no matter how bizarre or whatever, that's kind of our default. We will, um, I remembered um, when we were, there was one Christmas where we um, were trying to arrange a visit with Rosita with the kids. And it was, you know, just a few months into this, this whole thing. And uh, she had uh, shown up uh, in York to my parents who loved her and that she loved but with another person and then some other people. And, of course, asking for things that were sacred, like she wanted to, to participate in the family prayer and then some other things that were very inappropriate that led them to say, yeah, something is, is wrong here. And uh, me showing up uh, later and my dad pulling me to the side, and he says, Tony, this is awful. And my dad wasn't usually one that would relate that way, you know, that uh, he would usually be quiet, let mom deal that. And he's doing his best to nurture and uh, sympathizing with how hurtful all this is. But at any rate, um, he's basically saying, you know, you know, our way is, well, he says, um, you may as well laugh along. Let's find something humorous and all this because when you leave we're all going to be cracking up about it <laughs> like that which you know he didn't mean it but he knew that would uh kind of and i'm like looking at him, are you serious and uh and he, he he wasn't but it was just his way of just breaking the ice just a little bit and just uh his way of just saying regroup get perspective and uh then after that yeah. it's, let's go before the lord yeah and there's there's a healthy and unhealthy version probably of making, uh, of laughing over these things, you know, yeah. the unhealthy might be making light of it or it might be, you know, something I've been guilty of in my life is being just sarcastic, self-deprecating, just kind of using humor as a way to paper over things. But there's also, there's a positive aspect of it, you know, I think where it's setting things in perspective or having some, even just being able to have some perspective on on a situation to see the, the humor in it and that it's not this, it's not a totally all-consuming um, thing. I don't know if I'm saying that 
quite correctly. But. No, well, at least uh, I understand okay. exactly what uh, uh, what you're saying, and and I think that there is something that is um, uh, physiologically therapeutic about being able to just just the act of laughing and things that are released during the the, the course of that, and uh, that's always been an indicator that uh, Tony, you're in emotional trouble when I'm looking. One of my default things was to put on an episode of part forgive me, the three stooges <laughs> you're forgiven with its kids and i'm looking at things that typically i would have been like howling think oh this is bad but it, it is a little funny slapstick uh, humor and just looking at it and just thinking this isn't funny it's like uh-oh mm. you know that's kind of like a uh, mm-hmm. a red flag but you know humor is is one of the things but then uh also and again pastor remind me again <laughs> that we are talking about addressing uh, trauma, mm-hmm. uh, painful situations. And of course, at first, uh, um, laying it before the Lord, I mm-hmm. mean, and just coming to this understanding and belief that he is interested. He already knows, but for whatever reason, he takes delight in your trusting him or growing in your trust of, of, of him. And that, uh, you know, you, it may not come out the way that you want, but that he's going to accompany you there and whether it's his hands on your shoulder or whether he's kind of leading you or just walking alongside of you and holding your hand or arm around you. Was there a journey for you in coming to be able to trust in him or be open and honest about how you were feeling about all this? Oh, you had to ask me that. (laughs) Yes. And and there still is at times where I just seem to, to stupidly forget and, you know, the spirit were my, <laughs> did you forget again? You know, you're trying to manage this your, yourself. Uh, it's time to come before the throne. And uh, and also um, being able to, at least having a circle of folks that you can go to for help. You know, there are some of us that, oh, no, 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 I'm the one that helps. I don't ask for help. And just needing to, uh, to do that. My mother... Um, during uh, those times would always say, you know, pride runs in our family and you're our shiniest, <laughs> proud person. You need to take help. Let the Lord, let other people bless you. And not, and, and my dad would just yell, knock it off. <laughs> take it. And, you know, we were put in positions where, you know, the uh, the financial end of things where, you know, we were bailed out and then had to go back a second time and was not greeted with a lot of grace. And uh, But the lesson there for me was that um, when you are offering help, especially things for, for people that have a difficult time asking, it really, really is, is critical to help them maintain some sense of dignity. You can be firm and direct with setting out guidelines and parameters, but find a way to, to do that, pray for a way to do that so that the person maintains their uh, dignity. There are stories, there's a host of stories that I'll just never forget, unfortunately, where it was um, saints of the living God that uh, really just you know helped us to feel awful. And uh, times when Rosita had returned, and they're actually are saying things like, you know, going out the door and it's like, well, it was true, but it didn't need to be, it didn't need to be said. But, uh, you know, God is gracious and it's good. And 
you know, in all humility, just recognizing these are things that, you know, I've said or would have been tempted to have said myself. So cut them a break and move on and it's just do better your, your, yourself. So, um, again, it's the, uh, the humor, the, uh, trusting and making that your default even before all of those, uh, certain things. And, uh, but then also, uh, trusting the Lord to lead you or his saints to, to lead you in directions where you can get some Jesus with skin help, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, from community using, utilizing mental health services and not being ashamed or worried about the stigma of, uh, of, uh, you know, ad- admitting that, you know, a loved one has an issue and, uh, you do too, you mm-hmm. know, you, it's, uh, whether it's big or small, whether it's uh, diagnosed or whatever, stigma is alive and well. And uh, my hope is that you sharing this story, you know, for our congregation, being vulnerable enough to do that will do a small part to relieve some of that stigma. And hopefully someone who's listening to this um, will feel empowered to go to the body of Christ with it. Um, Tony, thank you for your time. We'll do another episode at some point where you can just catalog all the stupid things that people said to you or <laughs> the course of this journey. Um, oh, we'll, we'll set aside two or three hours for that and just remember Abraham Lincoln's words. Um, but uh, thank you for the time and, and for your willingness to talk about this. Oh, you're certainly welcome. I'd certainly be willing to do that, but I think the majority of the time, though, honestly would be of incidences of God's goodness mm. and uh, his that mm. uh, he uh, our friends used to say it's uh, God spiking the ball in the end zone <laughs> I think didn't I tell you I was great <laughs> yeah, quite an image we'll end on that <laughs> okay thank you Tony thanks yeah.